Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And this is Storymakers Show. And it is early in the morning. Oh my gosh, is it early? On the very day of our podcast release. So this Woo-hoo! is like almost live. It is. It's almost live. If you're listening to this when you, you know, when you first got it, we're just like all here in our underwear. And I have to say, like, we don't pre-record our intro to these, and it's probably the, you know, perkiest we are. Yeah, I know. Well, I am. I don't know why you are, because you're not as much of a morning person as I am, but this is definitely my moment. Yes. We're in wooden squeaky chairs. Yes. And that's going to be important as we go through the (laughs) podcast, and you're wondering, what is that sound? It's a kind of a beautiful old squeaky chairs. Yes, we are at our dining room table here. So, so uh, let's start with what we're working on. Yes. Well, currently, what I'm working on uh, are a couple of things. One, you know, we're still finishing up bits and bobs for the film, but it is at a place where it's going out now. So, what I'm working on is. Kind of setting up that looking for the right festivals to submit to, looking for uh, the kinds of places that are looking for films like mine. And then the cover letter. And the cover letter. Which is sort of exciting because actually this evening I'm teaching a bonus class for the folks, which is now a majority of folks who signed up for all three of my craft classes. They're taking it for the year and they get this bonus and they get two bonuses. And the first one is called, is called the big picture. And we're going to look at query letters and, but also because some people have just published a book and some people, you know, aren't there yet and whatever. But the idea that it's always really great to have that big picture of what you're doing, what you're saying to the world. And, And I will say, like I just, um, yesterday I was talking to my bar teacher and she was asking me, oh, what's your book about? She's not becoming a bartender. This no, is a... that would be exciting. But uh, this is P- Pilates bar. Yes. This was actually bar hit, which is like involves two minutes nonstop jump rope, which like is so hard. Can I just say so hard? Um, I just want to say like if, if you just did two minutes of jump rope every day, you'd probably be in fantastic, not you personally, but any one of us would be in fantastic No, because it wouldn't matter how long I, I jump roped. It wouldn't. <laughs> what? No, it's great. Um, anyway, but my point is I was able to say to her, here's what's my book about. And she got really excited. And I find that I find like you know, I, I was talking to my dental hygienist and, I, and she got really excited. And I was like, this is good. Like, yes. this, you know, this is, I don't know, this is hopeful. There are people reading books out there and yes, it's exciting. So anyway, that that's just that piece of the cover letter I think is really important and exciting. And it's kind of a... Right, which is different also than the query, the query letter. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think the, the thing that's, the thing is to think of this letter as as a for some reason I want to use the word organ like an organ of introduction but that's probably sounds I great I love it's it popping in it sounds but it's, it's e- an very op- very 19th century right? it's a letter yeah. which is very 19th century it's you know something you take time and wit and you know per, you put your personality onto the page yes so this is a tendential morning ramble moment, but I just coffee has not quite kicked in <laughs> for you. Yes, <laughs> but um, wait, but I'm not the tangential one. Well, but so. <laughs> that's because my coffee is taking me all over the place. But here's what I want to say: Kafka in, in Kafka's time and place places. Uh, Kafka, oh, there they would get like multiple um mail deliveries a day. Mm-hmm. So we like to think like life was so much simpler and people waited 
days for responses. And th- that's so not true. People would like send something out in the morning mail and they'd be like waiting for the reply. Like, you know, obviously it wasn't the same minute as in an email, but it was the same impatience, I bet. Human impatience. Yes. Are the heaters going on? The we are just... so full of sound effects. Right. So I'm just going to take a... Go ahead. Yeah, great. <laughs> We're going to hang a hat on it. Okay. Well, I was about to decide whether or not if we were silent, I could remove it later. So There's no later. Okay. This is live, man. Okay. So what? So that's what you're working on. I had a lot to say about what you're working on. I haven't even said what I'm working on. Do you want to know? Yes. <laughs> Good morning. Okay. Um, I am doing another revision. And I want to say that one of the things that's been really encouraging to me is hearing these stories. So there's one, and I can't remember, but this best-selling author whose book was first published in the UK, and her it was and it was sold. She's she's British, so it sold in the UK. Her editor, who bought the book, like worked with her on the last forty thousand words of the book, and she like did a complete like page like revision, and then I was gonna say page one, but, but you know, page, page three hundred or yeah. <laughs> revision, and then the editor was like, yeah, no. And she just had to scrap it and do it again. And then it was like, mm, and then she kind of had to scrap it. And she did it three times, you know, and this is after she'd sold it. So this is not like three drafts, right? This is like three drafts of the sold manuscript. And um, and then it sold at auction in the US and it's like been this bestseller. And here's our dog sound effects coming. Yes, you heard the little click, click. And then another friend of mine who sold a book in, a, in an exciting, you know, to, an, to a big imprint, um, or a big publisher, maybe it's a small imprint. But anyway, th- that person's like doing like drafts and drafts and drafts with her. So I'm, I have to feel, you know, I asked for a, an agent who was hands-on and editorial, and now I'm getting to edit a lot. <laughs> and I think that there's just watching the process. Um, you know, it's not like you hadn't done eight million drafts before then, and. Watching it and having someone whose taste you trust and someone who uh, I think gets what you're trying to do and is respectful of the kind of work you're trying to put into the world. And she's so smart. And I mean, yeah, no, it's funny, too, because when I was talking to my Pilates bar teacher, she was like, well, you hired her. And I was like, actually, she doesn't get paid unless she sells the book. And she was like, wow, like that, you know, and I was like, yeah, she's doing huge amounts of time-consuming work and yeah. um and you know and, and and anyway so it is really exciting and especially when i get back in so in a nutshell i'm working on a cover letter and you're working on a revision yes <laughs> but you know if this was going to be a tweet it wouldn't be a podcast yes okay um but tweet that out <laughs> okay let's move on then to our topic our fantastic early morning topic which was Why your rejection is your fault. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's how great rejection is. (laughs) I like that title better. Why your rejection is your fault. And you know, so you're either going to get people who are completely masochistic clicking on that or... (laughs) Or angry. Angry, yes. Angry. Daring. Well, what I or looking for empowerment, right? Because right. there's a way in which rejection is so disempowering, and if you know it's your fault, then you can step up and do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that. Okay, that's our title. I'm Great. gonna write that down because you're our editor yes. today. Well, I think the one of the other things is you kind of we some of the stuff that we talked about in the beginning was stuff we'd already discussed a little bit. So, 
I think Angie is subtly referring to the fact that we started recording this podcast last night and it, the computer crashed. Right. So I think some of some of my insight already has been shared. So on the lost podcast? No, on the Oh, you're saying I shared what what you said last night. I said this morning. Is that what you're saying? Plagiarism. <laughs> It's not that I mind plagiarism. It's like, oh, I hope the coffee kicks in. <laughs> and now! <laughs> Here we are. So the reason I wanted to go with that is because, you know, we've uh, recently, well, I recently applied to uh, a pretty prestigious film, film festival. festival and got a lovely rejection. It was a, yeah. a lovely rejection. And, um, you know, and as we talked about last night, there's always, you know, you should never apply for something you don't want to get. Right? So there was definitely disappointment. Right. Like, <laughs> that was a good point we made on the Lost Podcast. Yes, that was the But it's, it was actually, it was really important. Like, having a vision about what you want and mm-hmm. going after it. Yeah. So that even, even if you don't get it... Um, and I think there's something different about film in the application process in the sense, but maybe not, um, you know, thinking about those people that we know who have, you know, had the tenacity to stick with searching for 69, 70 agents, right? And yeah. going through that process. And you really do have to keep pushing. And at the same time, you know, I think because Film is so easy to submit right now. People are kind of doing a little bit of a scattershot. Here are these festivals, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't cost anything to apply, so I'll apply. Right. And that's fine, except for the fact that, you know, you really want your stuff to end up in a place that is resonant. And the corollary to writing is, you know, reading the journals you're submitting to before you sub and um, having a sense of what you're asking people to include your work in because you know right. there are obvious things like you know here's my little comedy and here's your horror film festival like of course I'm gonna get rejected there but Why did you submit? <laughs> Right, but I think we do this all the time with things that are not as clearly genred. So even though you have literary genre, right, and whatever that means, you have literary fiction, there are different kinds of stories that get told by different kinds of people. And so when you're submitting to like an agent who is really maybe focused on, um, so it's like pursuing straight girls. <laughs> Well, more of them are less straight. That's the thing. <laughs> you have to find out. <laughs> Is this a fit or not? <laughs> um, any hoodle. <laughs> um, the, I'm just completely... You're floored. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? Because uh. now I feel like I have to defend my honor. But anyway. Yeah, but it is maybe a little bit like pursuing straight girls in that sure you have like this what seems like a you know complete hookup things happening but maybe it isn't actually like their long-term vision right right and so when you're applying to your literary journal or film festival or your film festival yours might be kind of like other ones there (laughs) But is, it it, be, is there a key difference that's going to kind of gain you an automatic 
disadvantage. Yes. That you, you know, might early on find it fun to struggle against and later feel like, let's let's make sure that we're both on the same page. Yes. So, <laughs> my larger point was also about looking at the ways in which we have some control over our rejection process. For example, we had talked about cover letters. And, you know, I've, I myself have always underestimated the value of putting a cover letter on an application for a film festival. Yeah. And in part, it's because, you know, when you apply through something like without a box, they're like, well, this is optional. Right? And you're like, well, if it's optional, and I'm already, like, two minutes away, like, I've focused so much on getting everything else ready... <laughs> that I don't have time to write it. I'm not even going to try to write something. And I think that my my main point was just to remember that you're actually submitting these things to people. Yeah. So even though you're like, I've submitted to this journal, the journal itself is not... Or an agent. Or an agent, right? But, but even so, I think people forget that these are people. And so we got a lot of advice about how to position yourself or do these different things, but... Honestly, like, write to someone. Yes, write to someone in a way that's going to jazz them up, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of, to connect with them. And not in some, like, awkward, false way, but just, like, authentic, just perform authentic. (laughs) You do really, really, like, you have that skill, I think. Not everyone does. And and I think it can be a very self-conscious thing. To write a cover letter mm-hmm. and to figure out if you don't have a lot of practice on it, you come from a family of like, well, your dad's an academic and, you know, I think he did certain things that I think helped you along the way, right? Where um, my mom was a busker. Yeah. And I'm not sure that was. Hey, you know, performing on the sidewalk is, I mean, I guess it, it makes sense she now self-publishes because it's a similar kind of thing, but it does require a certain... Absolutely, but what I'm talking about is the skill of making a pithy, friendly mm-hmm. note. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about your mom. Your mom might have had some stuff, but I, I do know that your dad influenced you and right. had some impact on your understanding of how to connect with people professionally in certain ways mm-hmm. in an academic environment. Yeah, Yeah, you know, my dad used to actually... Um, read so like say he like he landed at Berkeley right in the late sixties and he was a professor there and he would read articles you know by other professors and then go visit them during their office hours where they were sitting and nobody was there and he would like discuss their their writing with them you know it's just which is such a great idea right right, right. like who who it's just a great way to kind of expand your horizon which also reminds me of carolyn c's book about writing thank you letters yes. to writers yes. yes carolyn c's book called like a writing life or something we'll yeah. try to put that in there but the idea of taking the time to thank people is awesome it's really just the idea of remembering that people you know this is even true like when you're marketing to businesses like people forget like oh i'm gonna send this to uh, Apple and really you're sending it to somebody at right Apple. right and so um, so um, yeah so I think I think that the um, also this is a good reminder that you thank people for the rejections as well yes that you're yes. not you know this isn't this is a relationship and I actually just wrote to one of the agents who rejected me uh, re- re- recommending somebody else and 
letting her know that I found an agent, but that I really still, you know, thought she was great and thought she would might be a good fit for this person. And she just wrote me back like an incredibly lovely mm-hmm. email. And I think it's like, and it's so exciting to have a relationship with somebody who's smart and talented and in the world of books doing this work. And it doesn't have to be the relationship of you represent me. It can be a different relationship. Right. But we live in a kind of a social world now where ghosting is a, a thing, right? That's disappearing on people. Right. And That's so- the book. That's the book of the bestseller. The book that she wrote the 40,000 words three times is called like Ghosted. Okay. And, the, and I will put it in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. I'm good. I'm good that I'm glad that yeah. I'm, no, I'm glad that I'm good. Anyway. You're glad that you're Coffee starting is still to be not <laughs> Anyway, so just trying to go through the list of things that you can do to improve your ability to get acceptance and part of it again so step one remember that you're connecting with people that each film festival each literary journal each agent is a person so starting there and treating them as you would want to treat a person right so giving your work a great introduction letter giving your work like you wouldn't necessarily hook up some friend like if you were going to put some two friends on a blind date Right, your book is your blind, you know, one of your friends, and Ooh, your I agent is it. the other. Oh, I love that. That's so smart. <laughs> Finding, you know, and it does, <gasps> and take- then it because also I love what I love, and I always make my students sort of separate their writing from themselves, mm-hmm. right? So what you're doing is you're connecting this agent or this film festival person or whatever with your film or your book not with you yes and so then you get to kind of step forward and be like here here's what i see go, go ahead finish your thing I'm just oh i was just trying it. to encapsulate the idea of like how you can sort of so starting with that you're talking to people you're trying to connect with the right people and we're not taught these skills anymore like uh, how to write a thank you letter how to write a cover letter take a little bit of time and Rather than looking at those articles that are all about how to pitch your stuff in a you know two paragraph letter, think about it the etiquette, the simple etiquette aspect of how you might introduce your two people to each other, um, and again remembering that thank you note, and thinking less about the you know juggernaut of the publishing industry and more about that person to person connection. I love that. I love the the blind date metaphor. I'm gonna totally. That's what I'm gonna use that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's I think that's super smart. And so, why is your rejection your fault? Well, your your rejection is your your fault in part because most of us didn't take the time to make sure we were finding good matches mm-hmm. for our our projects. Sometimes we didn't uh, take the time to. Again, do that presentation piece. And the truth is, you have to then continue with tenacity. So an individual rejection is not necessarily your fault. Well, and this is what I want to say. It's your fault, but it's also your, it's your responsibility and it's your honor. Like, bravo on you because you know who didn't get a rejection? The person who didn't finish their film and didn't submit it. And so you're like so far ahead of that person without the rejection. So, and actually, as I've often said, I've often watched people have success and the people who have success are the people who are collecting rejections. Mm-hmm. The more rejections someone has, the, the more they're going to have success, you know? And it might be like, a, you know, 
submitting for to agents for a year and then you know but but that person is like primed to connect with somebody you know that person has the big picture on their book they are they're you know it's it's sort of like okay dating it's like dating if if you you want to like meet somebody you know then dating or going out meeting like actually just meeting human beings right is is important Mm -hmm. and so so your fault in also the positive sense like you did it right and one thing we talked about in the last podcast um is the use of the deadline the use of yes and and how incredibly important deadlines are mm-hmm. and 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 how you know and so so in a way this was a deadline for you and, and it, it got you so so far on the film absolutely and we needed that and right. i said you know i kind of wish i'd flipped it and done the cast and crew screening first absolutely but you know live that's my that's my takeaway lesson in terms of like setting up deadlines absolutely so that again is taking that higher level view and looking at it as a project as on the whole because i think we spend so much time just focused on like the next small step and i don't think it's um bad because you have to be able to do that but again what you're talking about is sort of taking a little bit higher up view all right who am i going who are the people i'm going to apply to for film it's slightly different again because you have these these uh rolling not ruling, but these deadlines. These deadlines right. that keep coming up for different festivals, which is great, actually. Yes, it's <laughs> awesome. However, um, so for a filmmaker, you can't say, "Okay, I'm going to submit on this date, and I'm going to get everything I can for this done." You want to submit the best thing, just like anything else that you can. However, you can continue sort of improving on things that are like post. Like well, and, I, and I think this is really important. I think like, like when I went out to agents, I knew my book wasn't finished, like mm-hmm. sell it to a publisher finished, but I felt like I needed an ally and I felt like it was good enough. And I, and you know, Ellen is uh, sort of terrified of me saying this publicly to like to our students because you know, you don't want someone sending out a first draft. This was like a 35th draft or something or a 700th mm-hmm. draft. But I knew it needed work. But I and I kind of said I'm going to send it to a first round of agents, and I'm going to get feedback on whether on what isn't working or what you know. And, and mm. as it happened, I got offers in an agent. But but you can use this. There aren't enough film festivals and literary magazines and amazing agents in the world that you can try just doing it. Right. I will say, very few people actually will give you like in film festivals. You know, if you don't get in nine times out of ten. Uh, you're going to get a... Right. I'm not saying do it for feedback. I'm actually saying don't get precious about it. If you're a perfectionist and you're waiting for your thing to be perfect, right? try... You know, so this is not for the person who's like, I just wrote this first draft. I completely love it. Like, you go to an open mic. But if you're like, I'm on my 78th millionth draft mm-hmm. like and i'm terrified to send it to an agent just this send is my, it if to this one. is your fifth year <laughs> just by virtue and and you've actually diligently worked for five years right then you can try this then but, do this yeah. then send it out then like go to this i'm so happy you did this i'm so happy you got the rejection and just keep getting them like i want to keep hearing about the submission and the truth is you know i was talking to um a friend of ours last night and I was saying, you know what? I got a really friendly rejection. And I don't think people who don't apply, it, it was sort of baffling that that would be something that encouraged me, mm. right? And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like 99 out of 100 times, you will get a rejection that is a form letter. Right. And 
to have someone be kind enough to take the time and to say something nice about your work is significant. Yeah. And part of it is getting to be part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, and getting, I mean, that's the whole, there's that thing of the blacklist, right? And it's like, it's like, it's like unproduced scripts Mm -hmm. that are making the rounds and people are talking about them. But nobody's, like, there's lots of, they have rejections. Like, nobody's buying them yet. But then they get on this list because they're getting circulated, they're getting talked about. You know, I think for one of our next You and Me podcasts, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about independent publishing because we have very different ideas about it. But I'll just say that that while we've been talking about film festivals, and I've been thinking that is the kind of thing that would make sense to do where somebody's curating it and saying, this is worthwhile and we're going to get behind it. And that's a film festival is a kind of publication curation. But, but let's yes. sure we'll put we'll put that on the list. Okay, and and as it is as it happens, I'm going to be speaking on Sunday, December 9th at the uh, Redwood Writers, um, which is a lot of independent publishers in Santa Rosa. So um, anyway, so so there you go. Well, maybe we'll. So it's time for steal this amateur poets borrow professional, professional poets poet steal. steal. So said T.S. Eliot and many others. All right, Ange, what have you come across in your wanderings and readings that you would like to take and make your own? Well, in an effort to be prepared for the beginning of next year, I've been reading a lot about goals, goal setting. What I am really trying to do right now is kind of, because my brain is like, look at the rainbow of opportunities. And I'm including not just the colors of the rainbow, but every color in between the colors themselves. Um, Trying to simplify those goals. Really, really, and it's hard. What are the top, you know, if you only had two things that you could work on next year besides your regular obligations, what would they be? So I am stealing the notion of simplifying, and that applies to my writing work because, again, I think the more the more that I learn, the more that I learn that simple is really what you need to do, and it's really hard. Mm. <laughs> It's not your it's not your way of thinking. Mm-mm. But I mean, even in like writing something, like, ah, I'm gonna have these like, crazy eight characters and complex this is and that's right. And that's true. Simple is really hard. Simple, clean, very challenging. Have you watched Barry Jenkins' first movie? No, I have not. So apparently, it's two people. It's like moving camera, a street, like lots of unpermitted like right, New right. York City filming really mainly two people like on a date or whatever it sounds like a date night movie for right us. right and um and yeah anyway i thought it might inspire you towards a smaller cast yes <laughs> um well i have been reading uh alexander cheese how to write an autobiographical novel and um i just really love it and so i wanted to think a little bit about I don't have a specific thing I want to steal. I, I I've been on his mailing list enough, so I um so I know that like I love his writing and and interestingly, so you get on his mailing list. I mean, I haven't heard from him for like a year or something. I guess whatever. But like every once in a while, he would send off kind of an, a little mini essay, but it was super sporadic. And meanwhile, he's publishing essays and doing his whole thing, plus his novels and you know this is his second novel. But anyway, and I always loved, I mean, I always loved these essays. I would read them. So it's like you get an email that's an essay and you read it. That says something, right? I mean, because how many, how many, I don't know, how many things would you spend that time on? Mm-hmm. So what is it that, he, you know, makes him so good at that? 
and I, I haven't like totally targeted it yet, but I think um, he does this wonderful blend of auto, you know, scene of like kind of narrative with um, with ideas and even advice, right? Because mm. it's called How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, and it in and of itself kind of is partially an autobiographical novel or memoir. It has memoir pieces, and then it has, like I said, advice and and kind of more thought pieces, and so. I don't really know. I just, I'm just so enjoying it. And I think... So you're just stealing Alexander Chi. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think, you know what, one of the things, okay, here's what I'll steal for, for you know, with, with the caveat, I may steal more. But um, the kind of intention to connect, this is sort of like the, the letters, right? To let people enjoy, like to be, to kind of come forward with a voice that is warm and witty and you know, and kind of self-evaluating and storytelling and to kind of allow that vo- that connecting voice, like your reader is another real person, right? Mm. And to just do that um, consciously and, and brilliantly. That's what I'm going to steal. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So thanks, Alex Chi. All right. Um, All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Angie. Until and next time. Keep writing. Write your tushy off. Write your tushy off. That is a tagline (laughs) for the ages. And good morning.